Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share the journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are a regular listener to One of a Kind You, thank you so much for tuning into another episode. If you are a new listener, welcome. We're so excited to have you join us. For all my listeners, you know that the way this podcast usually works is that I share a journal entry of mine from like five or six years ago, and then I share what I wish I had known then and what I know now as a certified life coach. But we are in for a special treat because we have a friend of mine, Miss Heather Nacella, tuning in all the way from New England, one of my most favorite places on the planet, and she is a personal trainer. And so I thought it'd be amazing to have her on because it's the new year's and we're all setting resolutions, but I don't know about you a couple weeks in, then it's like, nah, that resolution doesn't really seem like such a great idea anymore. So we're going to chat about resolutions and how to not fall off the bandwagon. And if you do how to get back on. So Heather, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself with how you got started in personal training? Hi, thanks. Um, yeah. So I'll go back. Um, I've always kind of loved being active. Uh, but honestly, after the birth of my two kids, like I just felt exhausted. Like I didn't like how I felt or how I moved in my own body. And um, I really felt like something needed to change. So uh, kind of like I didn't really know what I was doing. I was kind of just throwing things, just trying like anybody else, right? Like going to the gym, starting workout programs. And it just kind of was like regular old exercise. And then something hit me. I asked myself to push myself just a little bit harder during one of my workouts. And it was, it was just like this amazing feeling. Like all of a sudden I became so confident and just amazed at like what I was capable of, what my body was capable of. And that feeling of confidence and accomplishment, just in that single moment, I knew that I needed to share basically with every other mom that was feeling the exact same way that I had been. Like I wanted to share with them. I wanted to get them to that same point. And that's when I decided to actually go get my personal training certification so that I could like just really get out there and start helping people. Yes, that's awesome. So I have to know, what was the exercise that you felt like you needed to push through just a little bit more? Because I'm listening to you. I'm like, there is no exercise on this planet that makes me want to push just a little bit more. So what was it? I didn't want to, but um, it was actually a plank and I was holding plank and I don't remember the exact time frame that like I was supposed to hold it, but I hadn't reached that point yet. So I'm, I'm holding it. I'm shaking. I'm like, I'm like, this is stupid. Like, why am I doing this? These are all the thoughts that are going through my head. And I right, like, why am I torturing myself? Exactly. It was just, you you know how it is. You get in plank, you're shaking, everything hurts. And you're like, this is dumb. <clears throat> so instead I just said, okay. I said, what if I could just five more seconds? And so like, I did it for five more seconds. And I was like, what about five more seconds? And it was like those little five seconds, even though I, I just wanted to drop to my knees. I wanted to be like, this is turn it off. I don't want to do this anymore. I was like, oh, I hadn't been really tapping into my capabilities. And then you kind of get this like, well, what else can I do? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I totally resonate though with you saying, you know, you realize you weren't tapping into your ability because years ago, um, we, so I live near university of Delaware and there's this, um, center that they have and it's called the star health center. And they have 
Um, I don't know if they still do it for free, but there was a point in time where you could go and a, a college student who was getting their certification in personal training, physical fitness, athletic health care, part of their practicum was that you could go there and they would assess your physical well-being and they would create an exercise plan for you. And so they had a nutritionist too who would create also a nutritional plan for you. And so I did it. And so um, I have the workout pages and I'm fully honest with you. When I do it, I go through two sets. If it's like five to 10, I do 10. And then it's like two to three reps. I'm like eh, two and I am sore, but I know that I could actually probably do more weight and I could actually probably go three and I could actually do 15 of each thing and not just half acid at oh, half, you know what, at 10. Um, and so I realized I was like, Ooh, that's probably copping out Kim. So maybe it's time to take a step to the next level. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> it's just, you know, in your mind, you're like, well, I'm exercising. So it counts. Right. But then it's like, it does, but it doesn't. Right. It does. It's important to stay, you know, active. And like, I'm a big person of like celebrating the small wins. So like, if yes. you only get through that, like, I think that that's great. I think if, if you can be like, Hey, I'm really proud of myself. Maybe it wasn't as much as I'd wanted, but like, I'm super proud of myself. I think that that's really important, but I don't think that's how our mindset always goes. Cause like a no. lot of times we're like, oh, like I should have done more. So you're basically negating anything that you had done. And then at that point is like, okay, is that really helpful? Probably not. <laughs> right. Right. And so, so it was that realization. It was like, I'm actually capable of more than I give myself credit for, not just in exercising, but in lots of other areas too. But it's like the exercise seems to be that point where it's like, it really opens your mind to the fact that you're really not doing all that you can. And then when you do, it feels so much more incredible because you really, you know, you realize that you tapped into your fullest potential. Absolutely. And that physical like tapping in, I think that you're right. It brings you into that kind of like mental being able to tap into more. Um, if you had asked me years ago, I, I homeschool my girls. Like if you had asked me years ago, if I would have like been able to homeschool my girls, I don't necessarily know if I would have as much confidence in it at, that I do now. Um, the same thing with like starting a business or anything like that. Had I not been able to tap into that kind of physical push through and seeing what I was capable of, I don't know like if mentally I would be doing as much as I'm doing now. Yeah. It's crazy how it's all so interconnected. And that's one thing as a coach, a life coach, and I know you see as a personal trainer too, how connected those two, you know, the mindset is with what we actually do and follow through on. So I know for clients that I've worked with, it's they get, you know, so stuck in the strategy of it. And then they forget about the mindset piece of it. And that's where, you know, you have to really adjust your mindset to, to be a person who believes in doing the things that you are actually capable of doing. So it's very easy for us to get stuck in the, oh, do this, this, and this. But if you don't believe it, then it's not going to happen. And that's where, like, I, part of my struggle used to be with working out and exercising is I didn't always see myself as an athletic person or someone who was physically capable of exercising. I always felt like it didn't necessarily come easy to me, which is really kind of silly because exercise isn't supposed to be easy. If it was, it wouldn't do the things for your body that it needs to do. Right. But because it was like, you know, after using, cause I have little chicken wings. So it's like after doing, using a five pound weight and my arm is shaking, it's like, oh, this, you know, I suck. 
I give up, I'm moving on to the next thing. And it's like, you have to start someplace to be able to build up to 10 pounds or 15 pounds or 20 pounds. You're not just going to jump right into that 20 pound weight and crush it. It's a progression. And so, because I couldn't, I didn't used to see the progression of it. I used to see it like as an all or nothing. And part of that was because I had convinced myself that I wasn't athletic. I wasn't physically able to do things um, because I wasn't athletic and I was quote unquote out of shape, then it stopped me from doing a lot of physical fitness type of thing. Oh, excuse me, of things. When in all actuality, I was really capable of doing those things. I just had to practice at them. All right. Absolutely. It's all about the journey. Like I know that I know so many people when I, when they come to me and I tell them it's about the journey, like you can't have this all or nothing. I know instantly they're like, Oh, this is going to take forever. Mm -hmm. But really, honestly, the the, um, the end result or like the, the benefit of everything is really in that journey because where you start and like, again, what you're thinking, like your mindset, um, it shifts over time and that's how you're able to reach your goal. But like the, the, the good stuff is really in that journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, do you know who Bobby Bones is? Yes. Uh, radio like, um, host, right. I think I've heard him on like the radio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a radio host. So um, I really like him. I think he's a cool guy. And so um, he has two books. One is like a motivational memoir, but the other one is more of a, it's like a self-help book, but it's not, but it's called Fail Until You Don't. And so I was just reading that and there are two great examples of the importance of the journey and how just small things really can make a huge difference. And so um One of the stories that he shares is that he is an avid exerciser, but he hates exercising with a passion, with a passion. And the most, the exercise that he hates, the absolute most more than anything else on the planet is running, but he actually trained and ran um, a half marathon. And he did it by just saying, I'm going to like set up markers. So like today I'm going to run from this mailbox to the blue building. And then tomorrow I'm going to run from this mailbox to the blue building. And when I get to the blue building, I'm going to run to the orange pole. And the next day, same thing. And he would just add in like 32. He was like, it was basically like 32 steps a day. And he just added it. And that was how he had to keep himself going because he, if he didn't, he was going to focus on how much he hated running and he was going to feel like he couldn't put one foot in front of the other. So he just gave himself really small milestones to get to as he was running. And he said, before he knew it, he was running 10, 13 miles. And it didn't even feel like he was running 10 or 13 miles because he just used those small visual cues to get from this place to the next place, to the next place, to the next place. And then the other thing he shared um, was that one of the guys, the people on his radio team lost like a crazy amount of weight, 120 pounds. And he did it and now he runs marathons and well, he ran one. And so two, he like did the same thing, just started running small increments. And before he knew it, he was running 20 miles and he was like, oh, I can run a marathon, even though he had never run 26 or however much a marathon is. And the last six miles, he thought he was just going to die, but he just kept putting one foot in front of the other. But his weight loss journey was very much a slow progression. And it started off with him, um, cutting out soda. Yeah. And he lost 30 pounds from just not drinking soda. Right. Yeah. Just these small like decisions that like you said, small goals that you kind of put there that 
you know, it's not that like huge goal maybe that you've determined, but, um, but yeah, those small little wins, you know? Yeah. And so then he, you know, then he did something else and something else and something else. And there were just these small little things. And then now he's managed to keep the weight off for, I don't know, like five years or something. And, um, and the motivation for the weight loss is that he, um, what I think he said he was five, seven and 280 pounds or something like that. And he wanted to wear stylish clothes, Mm -hmm. but nothing he felt was stylish for his body type and his size. And so that was the starting motivator is that he was like, one day I'll be able to wear cool clothes. And, um, he knew that if he didn't just start small, he would never get to the goal of wearing cool clothes. So he just looked at what was one thing that he could do that day. That was easy. And for him, that was not drinking soda. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly kind of how, um, you kind of have to look at it. Like I think with that, and and this is what I always tell everybody who comes to me is that like motivation is, is fleeting, right? Like we don't always have that motivation, that motivation is an emotion and that we kind of have to tap into that. Why? And for him, it was wearing stylish clothes. That was something that he really felt that was something that was really important to him. So each time he decided to add on something else, I'm sure he just kind of went back to that, like, well, well, why do I want to do this? It's like, and then you feel it. You're like, okay, that's why. So now I'm going to go out there, put one foot in front of the other and take that next little step. Yeah. And I think it's hard as moms after we have kids and our body doesn't look the same. I always laugh that I, my body looks like it's been through a battle zone and my husband still looks exactly the same as he did the day that we started dating 17 years ago. But I've had two kids. And then after my second, I had a separated abdominal wall. So Mm -hmm. I always looked pregnant and people would ask me when I was due. And I finally got so sick of it that I unleashed on the poor cashier at the grocery (laughs) store. And (laughs) she was like, it was like the icing on the cake. And she was like, oh, when are you due? And I was like, I'm not. I have separated abdominal, you know? And she was like, oh, I do too. And I was like, really mean. I was like, but guess what? The next time you see me, my stomach is going to be fixed. (laughs) So I did, I went through a tummy tuck and that was, um, that was a long recovery. That was like a year long recovery because they, you know, you can't stand up straight and every movement, it feels like your stomach muscles are going to tear to shreds. And then I realized I had a hernia after Casey also, because I had two big babies. And so then I'd have a hernia repair. And so, you know, I have scars on my body now. I have stretch marks. And so it's, it was hard for a long time, especially after the tummy tuck to look in the mirror. It was like looking at a body that didn't belong to my head being connected to it. Cause I don't have the belly button anymore that I was born with. It's like a reconstructed belly button. So it was like this almost like borderline body dysmorphia. It was like mm-hmm. looking at someone else's body attached to my head And it took a long time for me to be able to look at myself and be okay with the scars and the stretch marks and all that. And so I think that's just a huge struggle that moms have is being able to accept the fact that our bodies don't look the same, but it's because we carried this amazing feat of creating a human life and bringing another person into the world. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's one of those things where like, and that's not a small win, but I agree with you. We kind of forget all of that. We're kind of like, oh, well, I want the body back that I had before kids. And you forget, well, like, let's go back and depending on how many kids and how you had your kids and everybody's got their own story. It's like, well, you've been through a lot 
and you're a mom now. So like, you're still going through a lot, whether your kids are small or they've kind of gotten older, like it's a lot. (laughs) And we forget that, but we need to like, we need to tell ourselves like, Hey, great job. Like sometimes, honestly, if all you did is get up in the morning and shower and give your kids breakfast, like sometimes you just have to be like, that's awesome. Like I did that today because maybe you were up all night or who knows what the reason was, but just be able to be like, good for you. Like you did that. And then it's, it's those little things. It's just changing the mindset towards yourself and being like, I'm good. I can do this. Like I've got little things like one thing at a time and not kind of being like, Oh, I wish I had that. And like forgetting this whole journey, this whole big, huge part of our life that has changed our bodies, changed our mindset, changed how we do things day to day, changed everything. (laughs) Yes. I think that too, like having a baby, I mean, that's a testament to how strong our bodies physically are. You know, I don't know about you. And I say this in a lovingly joking way, but when my husband stubs his toe, it's like his leg is getting hacked off. And I always laugh and be like, oh, that's why the women have the babies. And right. he, he gives you the look of death and it's all in good fun. But it's true. It's like we women are, we are so much stronger physically and mentally and emotionally then I think sometimes we realize. And so when we can tap into that, then you're like, oh yeah, I'm tough as nails. Like, let's bring it on. Let me get this thing. Because then you're going to actually create that sense of self. And honestly, the scars and the stretch marks will never go away. Um, But it's not about that at the end of the day. It's about reminding yourself how strong you really are and tapping into that strength, which then carries over into other things. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so when you, so we have our new year's resolution set. And, um, so for me, mine is to exercise more and also to increase my flexibility. So I used to be able to do a split many moons ago and (laughs) darn it by the end of 2022, I'm doing a split baby. Awesome. (laughs) So (laughs) we'll see. I'm like, I feel like my legs just don't bend that way anymore, but (laughs) Small steps. But I'm gonna give my best shot. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, so you know, it's exciting. Like the other night, January first, my husband, my kids, and I, we sat down at the dining room table. We created our vision boards for 2022. We present them to each other so that we can hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. But without fail, give it a couple weeks, and then it's like, ugh, going to the gym when it's freezing cold outside, going to the gym in the snow and the rain and all that stuff. And then I still having to manage kids' schedules and mm-hmm. after school activities and partner schedules and pet schedules and all of those things. Sometimes life takes over and then you're like, ugh, I just don't have time today or I'm just not feeling it. So how do you help people stay motivated? once they've set the new year's resolutions and then like the new year's resolution novelty wears off and they're ready to be like, yeah, some other guy. <laughs> right. So, um, again, so it's really tapping into that emotion of why you wanted to start this. And I think vision boards are great because it's something that you can keep going back to. The key is to keep going back to it. So if you start to fall yourself, kind of get to this place where you're like, eh, it's like, you need to go back to the beginning and, and see or read, um, and I usually have everybody write down kind of like their reasonings why. So for example, if somebody comes to me and their goal could be anything from, I wanna exercise more, I wanna eat healthier, um, I wanna like reduce stress, I wanna lose weight, like whatever their goal is, those are great goals, but they're very big, they're very vague, and you don't really have a plan into place. Like, well, what's eating healthier? What's exercising more? Because for me, exercising more could be seven days a week, And for somebody else, it might be two. 
So um, first we kind of go with that over that, that big goal. And then I ask why, and I keep asking why, and we go through everything until you tap into that emotion. So, you know, why do you want to, um, why do you want to be more active? It might be like, well, I just want to feel better. Okay. Well, why do you want to feel better? Well, I want to be able to run around with my kids. Well, why do you want to be able to run around with your kids? And we just kind of keep going until it's like, because, you know, I feel, you know, I, I feel like I, I'm not able to, to do the things that like they want me to do. I see the look in their eyes. Like you kind of tap into that emotion. That right there is pure gold because two, three weeks down the road, when you don't feel like going to the gym, you don't feel like, you know, making the time to exercise. When you go back and you, you read that over and over again and say, I wanted to exercise because I wanted to be more active with my kids. You kind of feel that emotion again. And you're like, okay, I can do this. That's important enough for me to keep making small steps. So that's kind of really how I, I kind of keep tapping in. And what's great about having, whether you hire a personal trainer, you have a support system, is that person or those people can remind you what you said, because, um, because that's like, it, you got to tap into that emotion. And then once we've kind of like reached that whole why, like that's, that's the gold, um, I make them picture what their life will be like when they reach that goal. What will you be doing? What will you be wearing? How will your life be different? Like, because again, like you're kind of putting yourself into that future self. You're seeing mm -hmm. what is going to, what life is going to be like. Um, those are kind of some like big and you kind of have to keep visiting them over and over again. But that's how I kind of keep getting people to tap into their motivation um, to keep following their plan. And then of course it's going in and setting the smaller goals. For example, um, I just ran my first 5k. I'm not a runner. If anybody asked, I say, I only run if I'm being chased. I don't like to run. Uh -huh. I kind of learned to enjoy the, uh, reaching those goals, but I was like, Nope, I'm just running a 5k. I never have to run again if I don't want to, but this is my goal. So it's really then setting up these small goals where it might be like, I'm going to work out three days a week. And then um, you kind of keep going and setting these, okay, well, what days are you going to be working out? What time are you going to be working out? What type of workouts are you doing? And like, you just set this whole plan into place that it's hard to say no, because it's all mapped out for you. You can still say no, but then if you go back to, well, why did I even spend all of this time going through and setting these goals? Oh, because I want to be more active for my kids. I want to be here for them long-term. I don't want to end up like maybe a, you know, a parent, a relative, maybe who, who wasn't around for as long. Um, you're like, okay, I can do this. Tomorrow's my workout day. I'm going to go ahead and get this done. So that's really how we kind of tap back into that, um, to that why. And it's just a cycle over and over and over again. And, and setting small goals, having small wins is, is really important because this all or nothing, like I'm either going to do this or I'm not going to do it, it pretty much is going to set most people up for um, failure. And I use that term like very loosely because I don't believe in failure. I feel like um, failure is where we learn and where we grow, but um, kind of this all or nothing, like, oh, I, I'm not working out three days a week, so I'm not doing anything. It's like, okay, well, it's okay if you only did one day, you know, let's go back. Why do you want to do this? Okay, great. Let's see what we can do. Let's adjust this. Like I said, it's all in the journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's key too, is, um, a, the support system, because if there isn't that accountability piece, there was someone other than yourself, it's very easy to 
say, eh, not today. Or I only did one day this week and I said I was going to do three. So I'm a loser and that's it. That means I'm done. Like I have to just give it up because I didn't stick to it. And that all or nothing is very easy to fall into when we don't have someone other than ourselves to be accountable to. But I think the other thing that's really important is giving, having grace with yourself and saying like, great, you only, you did one day this week. That's okay. Let's see if next week we can shoot for the three days. Because I think that's the other thing too, is that we, you know, life happens and sometimes we have to just go with the flow of it, especially as moms, because, you know, like today, my kids have a snow day and there's no snow on the ground, but they're supposed to be. And so that having my kids home now readjust my routine that I had set in place for today and I have to, there's nothing I can do about it. So right. I have to then readjust in a way that's going to work for them being home, but also in a way that's going to work for me and that's okay. And mm -hmm. so, um, sorry, the dog is licking his foot. He, and he's not supposed to be because he's got to keep the bandage dry and <laughs> he thinks no one's watching. And so <laughs> he's like, just quietly over there licking the bandage. So I just keep tapping him with my foot. And then he looks back at me like, I'm not doing anything. Jeez. It's like, leave your boo-boo foot alone, Franklin. <laughs> so I just think that, you know, we have to be able to say, okay, I have to be flexible with myself because life happens. And is it okay to say that every single time we don't stick to our plan? Mm, maybe not, because then it's a crutch and it's not a legitimate reason. But, right. you know, sometimes it just is what it is. And so when I was, you know, five years ago in the depths of my struggle, it was a lot of it was because my husband's work schedule was unpredictable. And I wasn't really great at managing the day to day with having my girls home and managing my self-care and being able to flow through that with my husband's work schedule, always changing on a whim. And so then I would beat myself up horribly because it was like, oh, today again, I didn't do it. And it's not my fault. It's because I can't do this and I can't do that because this, that, and the other. When instead I should have said, okay, what does today look like? Where would this fit in today? And being okay with saying, you know what, Lily and Casey, you girls are gonna play in the playroom while I'm right here in the family room doing my workout. You girls need to play in that playroom by yourselves until the timer goes off. And being okay with that and not taking that as like, oh my gosh, you're a horrible mother for not being with your kids 24 seven and giving them your complete undivided attention from the minute they wake up until the minute they go to bed. <laughs> oh, I feel that. <laughs> so now, you know, my girls are older, so I can say to them, hey girls, I'm going to, you know, go into the living room and do an exercise or, Hey girls, I have a podcast to record or, you know, whatever the case may be. And they're 12 and nine. So they're good to go for, you know, they're good. Um, but when they were two and five, it was completely different. And I had convinced myself that in order to be a good mom, I couldn't leave them to their own devices for any length of time. Like I had to be on 24 seven. Yeah, I definitely. And I, I definitely feel that because that was something that um, I feel like what? the mom guilt is so crazy, like it so is. crazy. It's, it is it's a mind F. Yes, a hundred percent. Like, and it is, I think that's one of those things that we, I can, oh, I'll speak for myself. I am constantly le letting it in and stopping it and saying like, do I really have a reason to feel guilty about this? And it's like, no, I, I, I have yet to come up with a part where like I do. 
And I think talking about that a little bit, and um, I'll talk to moms who do have younger kids, because I've been there. I started working out when my uh, when my youngest was maybe um, six months to a year. And so she was little. I had to work out at night. I hated it, but I did it because that's kind of the only time I had. But like fast forward when they were a little bit older, but not super old, um, I would just be like, you know, cause there's all this, like only so much TV time and don't let them have this and don't let them have that. And I'm like, okay, but if I let them watch TV for 30 minutes and that means I get a workout in and I feel better, I feel stronger, I feel more confident. And I hate to say like working out, like, you know, benefits everybody else. Cause I really feel like it benefits you, but it does make me a better mom. It makes me a better wife, a better friend, yeah. um, a better, just me that it's okay. Like let your kids, if that's what they need to do, whatever it needs to be so that they're safe, it's okay because it's okay to do things for yourself. You do not need to give up everything that is yours, the things that make you happy all the time to be with them a hundred percent of the time. And I have my kids home with me a hundred percent of the time. And I will tell you, there are plenty of times where like, go, go ahead. You can do this independently. It's really good. And um, I think that's just like talking to, to parents. Cause I remember I was there and just being like, no, like I can't work out because it's almost their lunchtime and I need to make sure I give them food. They're going to be okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they know where the little snack cups are. Exactly. They know where the dry cereal is. They can go in, you know, cause when my girls were little, we had all those snack type foods on the low cabinet for them mm-hmm. so that they could get their own juice box and they could get their own, you know, crackers or cereal or whatever and put it in a little snack cup so all that was down low and I think too it was like this story that I had told myself like oh they're gonna have horrible memories of their childhood but they're not because they don't know any different and it's me telling myself this crazy harebrained story about what makes a good mom and what makes a bad mom but at the end of the day if either your kids know that you love them and they're safe that's really what makes the memories and giving them that sense of independence helps them later down the road. But more importantly, you're putting your own oxygen mask on first. And that is the biggest thing for creating happy childhood memories for your kids. Because that was my thing. I was like, I never wanted my kids to remember me as like the depleted, angry, frustrated, stressed out, frazzled mom. And when I wasn't taking care of myself, that's exactly the mom that I was showing up as. Right. And so it was like this realization. It's like, it's a give or take. There is not a balance, but a rhythm and, and making yourself a priority, not only is helpful in the moment, but it models for your kids, what they need to do as an adult, when they're a parent too, that they can't be a martyr and self-sacrificing because then their kids are going to be stressed out and they're going to be stressed out and everything is going to go up in flames. So it's not just important in the moment, but it's important for later down the road too. Absolutely. And I think uh, just because I do have them, my girls are 13 and 11. I can tell all of the moms out there who do have younger kids by modeling, working out, exercising. I know it feels like you're taking yourself away from them, but in all honesty, you are giving them something. My kids now uh, look to be active. They love going to their activities. I run um, sports and conditioning for my daughter's softball teams, plus the other teams in the organization. So when they don't have practice, they actually ask to come do those workouts with me. Like they enjoy it. They, they love being active. So modeling that gives them that kind of like sense of like, it's important. It's necessary. They can see how it makes me feel. They can see how they 
feel. They get that confidence in their ability to physically be able to push themselves, which then in turn leads to mentally being able to push themselves at a much younger age. And man, if I had had that when I was younger, I, I would be unstoppable. <laughs> yes. And, and I think it's great too, because it, it lays the foundation for them now, because if we're building these habits now for them, when they're young, they're going to continue on. So my husband, when he was probably mm, 12 or 13, he was overweight and he active. He swam on this neighborhood swim team, was an awesome swimmer played soft or baseball and did base uh, basketball and like a little community league and played baseball for a long time. And, um, they would go skiing up in new England, um, every year for vacation. And he one year won a skiing award for the fastest skier, but he was eating so much junk food. And he was on some level a latchkey kid during the summer because my in-laws work. So he was home alone with his two brothers during the day. And there was no adult there to tell him you should not eat a five pound bag of M&Ms in one day. <laughs> and so, you know, they were junk fooding it up and just sitting around playing video games all day. And so he, he became overweight to the point where he was starting to be winded walking up the steps and just very overweight. And it's interesting now to see pictures of him at that point, because it doesn't even look like the same person, but the summer going into ninth grade, he was like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to be the fat kid at school. And so not that I ever think he was fat, but I think he was definitely overweight. And so and fat's not a nice word, but that was what he said. Like, I don't want to be the fat kid at school. Um, because his brothers would tease him relentlessly and call him fat and fatty and not nice names. And so he went to my father-in-law and said, I want to start lifting weights or working out or something. And my father-in-law is 77 and he is in such incredible shape. He looks like he's in his fifties and, um, he runs, he bikes, he swims, he plays tennis. He still does triathlons. I mean, he's just like, I look up to him for the physical shape that he's in. So Amazing. he <laughs> helps my husband start getting into shape. And so now my husband has been working out every day in some form since he was 13 years old. And now we're 39. And so for him now, it's just second nature. If yeah. he doesn't work out, he says he feels sick. And I roll my yeah. eyes at that. But, um, <laughs> I can second know, that. Like, I get that. He <laughs> <laughs> laid the foundation. I'm like, oh, you are so dramatic. You do not feel sick. <laughs> But he probably does because his body is used to moving and the endorphins and moving those toxins out and all of that stuff. But he laid the foundation when he was young and he really committed to it. And it was the same thing, that one small step. And he can, he said when he first started running, there were times where he'd have to stop on the side of the road and throw up, but he Mm -hmm. knew that he needed to get home. So he had no choice, but to either walk or run. And so when laying that foundation for kids, it's like it carries into adulthood and it's such an incredible gift for them. And really just starting small, you know, with anything, it can be just dance class one night a week. It can be, you know, taking a walk every Saturday morning at the local park or going for a hike, but it's just slowly building in those things and laying the foundation. So I think it's incredible that you are working with, you know, youth in, athletic settings to give them the tools and the knowledge because it's something that they're going to carry with them. And then when they're a mom or dad, they're not even going to think twice about it. They're just going to keep on doing it and have that example for their kids. 
Right. Exactly. It's uh, to me, like I look at it as all about confidence building. Like I, um, I want these kids to see like they're capable of so much more that they can really push themselves because they, like, I don't necessarily, most kids, uh, look to parents and to adults to tell them what to do. Like they don't mm-hmm. necessarily know how to kind of like tap into their own motivation. I think there's a few out there, but for the most part. So by kind of presenting these opportunities where they at the end can be like, like, oh my gosh, like tired, but like, I just did that. Like, that's a huge confidence booster. So that, that's kind of my big thing. It's really just like all about this confidence, especially I work with, cause I do the softball team. So and I coach a basketball ba- girls basketball team. So I'm definitely dealing with females. And I feel like we even more so just kind of like, oh no, like I, I shouldn't do that or I can't do that. It's like, no, yes, you can. And yes, you should. <laughs> yes. And that same message goes to moms. She, yes, we can. And yes, we should. So Heather, what is one tip that you have for, um, for the listeners who have done their resolutions and they're starting to feel like they're sliding off the exercise or the physical fitness bandwagon, what's the one thing that they can do to hop back on? Uh, I would say that my tip for you is to go back, find out why did you make this resolution in the first place? Ask yourself, like, what was the reasoning? And if you're not really sure, you just kind of were like, well, I think I have to do it start digging deep, start asking yourself why, keep asking yourself why until you get to that point. And you'll almost, you'll feel it. You'll be like, oh, okay. Like that's Mm -hmm. why that right there, write it down, put it on your phone, keep it in front of you every morning, get up and read it. um, And remember why it's important. And then just really picture your future self. You are that person who, you know, if you want to be more active, well, what does that look like for you? You are that future person who's active. That right there is going to kind of be that push, that nudge every single time you start to feel yourself sliding off and get support. (laughs) That's like tip number two, like find support. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So the last thing I want to talk about before we end this episode is um, what does it look like to work with you? So let's say that I have a listener and they're like, yes, everything that Heather says completely resonates with me and I want her to be my personal trainer. What does that look like um, to work with you as a personal trainer? Because I know in the past I had a Groupon and I tried working with a personal trainer and it was an epic, it was not a good fit because she wanted me to eat the same food every single day. And it was like, almost like she was like eating, having me like I was a bodybuilder. So I think like there's this, a little bit of fear of the unknown, like, oh God, is it going to be something that's completely insane? Or is this totally something that I can really actually do and feel good about it? Sure. So I actually work, um, I do everything all online. So I have an app that is all where all your workouts um, are. And I'll kind of like just quickly. So like your workouts are in there and any other habits, um, that's kind of like your accountability. But the most important thing is that when we first start working together, that we kind of talk about everything. We talk about your history uh, with exercise, your feelings, your why, Uh, We talk about what's your life like? What is your daily life like? I'm never going to ask somebody to to work out five days a week if they don't have five days a week to give. Um, That would just be insane. I I can't ask somebody to to do something more than they're capable of. So we go through like how much time do you have? How many days a week? um, What exercises do you love? What exercises do you hate? And like, what's your overall goal? And then we just kind of break them down into goals. And if we kind of work through something for a few weeks and we find that, it's, it's not really working for you. Like we're always in constant communication. Like all of my clients have access to me, like through messaging, 
um, to ask questions, to kind of go through things. It's like, oh, I missed my workout today. You know, we come up with different ways to kind of uh, deal with that in the future. Um, I have check-ins so we can really dive deep and say like, okay, what worked good? <clears throat> Excuse me, what can we keep going with? Because um, I can like design, a, a, you know, the perfect workout, but like, what good is it is if it doesn't fit into your lifestyle, if it doesn't fit into you know, what equipment you have at home, what space you have at home. Cause I work a lot with working out at home because we're moms. And if we've got kids who are at home, um, we don't have necessarily time to go to the gym. So I, I design things that work in like the time, the space that you have with the equipment, just kind of like your lifestyle. And, and I'm all about living mm -hmm. an active lifestyle. Cause like I said before, it's definitely a journey. Yeah. I love that. I think that's really helpful too, because I can just say when I had this personal trainer, I expressed that the, the diet really wasn't working. Mm -hmm. She was like, oh, you just have to keep doing it. I was like, no, you don't understand. Like <laughs> I'm literally gagging this food down and this yeah. is not working for me because I'm a person who likes to eat. And if right now I'm not liking eating, that's a problem. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and not really being willing to change it for me. I stopped mm -hmm. going. I was like, I'm not doing this. And it was, a waste. And then I felt yeah. frustrated and angry. And so I think it's really great that you're, you know, very receptive to the feedback that your client gives you so that you can actually make it into a program that really, really works for them and something that they're going to feel excited to do. Right. Yeah. It's a lifestyle and I want to make it their lifestyle, whatever that looks like for them. My lifestyle is not their lifestyle. So finding ways and even especially with food, like I would never ask somebody to eat stuff that they don't want to eat. Like who wants to live like that? <laughs> you know? So like, I'm a big I, person. Not for me. Cause I love food. <laughs> I do too. And, um, like you should get to enjoy foods. Like, yes, we need to fuel our body. Yes. We should be eating like healthy foods, vegetables, fruits. Um, you know, we shouldn't be stocking up and eating M&Ms all day long, but like, does that mean we can never have them? No, of course not. Like that's silly. So like, I want to make it a lifestyle that works for my clients so that it's something that they can do forever. Yes. I love it. So I'm going to put your social media handles, all that information in the show notes. So is it okay if someone wants to reach out to you on social media through a direct message? Absolutely. Yes. Direct message, email, whatever, um, whatever. I'm totally fine with it. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. So thank you so much, Heather, for taking the time to chat today and helping us get back on the bandwagon when we feel like all we want to do is jump off and run as far and as fast as we can <laughs> <laughs> because it happens and then we feel bad about it. So it's been great. And I hope that all of my listeners today found this episode helpful too. I know I did. So um, if you found this episode helpful, please feel free to share it with a friend because the more the merrier. And also if you would take a moment to leave a review, that would be greatly appreciated. I read all the reviews personally to make sure that I am giving you exactly what you're looking for on this podcast because us moms have to stick together. So um, thanks so much for tuning in and I will see you next week.